Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Don't just blindside us with things that are outside your jurisdiction. Let's have a conversation about how we can move forward to reach uh, these kinds of objectives that we share jointly together. And I, I feel like Ottawa's been a bad actor in a lot of cases. And I'm hoping that with the Alberta sovereignty within the United Canada Act, we can get back to cooperative federalism. Daniel Smith, the uh, Premier of Alberta, of course, on this program. Was it two weeks ago? We spoke with the Premier about the Alberta sovereignty within the United Canada Act, and uh, the Premier did say, I asked her about forming alliances with other provinces, and there's been, of course, talk about um, particular friendship, if you will, between our common purpose between Alberta and uh, Saskatchewan, with Premier Smith speaking about that, and we've, of course, spoken with Premier Mo many times about the Saskatchewan First Act. Well, what about a... um, I can't really call it an alliance, but um, a working relationship with other provinces that may have issues with the federal government. And uh, Premier Smith said not only Western provinces, but she thinks maybe Atlantic Canada as well. Well, the Western provinces, of course, include the province of Manitoba. So I want to speak with my friend and uh, colleague Richard Cloutier, co-host of the News on 680 CJOB in Winnipeg and senior reporter with Global News in Manitoba about this, and uh, there's another story. Hey, Richard, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Um, so the other story is Winnipeg Police, the Winnipeg Police Chief has said he's not stepping down, even though there's pressure, and I read this, the story on uh, Global News, uh, pressure to search for Indigenous homicide victims. Could we could we start with that? Can you bring our, our listeners uh, up to speed on, on this terrible case? Yeah, it really is a terrible case and one that really underscores the the gulf that remains, I think, between um, um, Indigenous Canadians and groups that continue um, and have made progress when it comes to missing and murdered Aboriginal uh, women and girls. Um, but in this case, a... 35-year-old man from Winnipeg has been charged with uh, four counts of first-degree murder. The original body um, was reported back in the spring in May, and when they made that report, they suspected that there were other victims, and there are three other victims. Two have been named. One is still uh, yet to be identified. And um, the problem being here is that that original one, the remains were found at a landfill, Within suburban Winnipeg, two of the other victims uh, at a landfill, likely uh, north of the city of Winnipeg. And last week, our police chief came forward and uh, there was a review. And given the passage of time and the amount of, of uh, clay and other refuse at that dump, the decision was made not to search for remains. And that has been a lightning rod Um not just within the Indigenous community, interestingly enough, but I think for many Manitobans who have been watching this story. And um, it's one thing for um, a police service with Manitoba Justice to lay first-degree charges and have enough evidence to go forward, but it is you have to be cognizant of 
of family and not and not just family, but of what has gone on in this community and, and nationwide um, with the treatment of these types of issues. And I think while our police chief, Danny Smythe, is not stepping down, and I don't think there's a need to step down because he's made tremendous progress on this file and other files in his tenure as police chief, and he's also president of the National Association of Chiefs of Police, um, a certain insensitivity, I think, here. And so um, the recently uh, elected mayor and the premier here have stepped in. They've asked, and, and the, the landfill in question has uh, decided that they would pause its operations. And I wouldn't be surprised this week if they found some sort of mechanism to at least start a search um, to to meet the demands of many Indigenous leaders, not in just this community, but right across the country. It was front and center in Ottawa this week. So in a nutshell, that's the issue, but it certainly has sparked the outrage on a whole host of issues um, within uh, the Indigenous community. And I think everybody here, including the police chief, wants to do the right thing. But if you compare this to, you know, Robert Picton, and we talked to some of the people involved in that, you know, months and millions of dollars. And that's what this could potentially cost. And they're looking for another level of government, probably the federal government, to be able to, to underwrite the cost of this. Yeah. What's their opportunity, Richard, to move more quickly on this? And uh, yeah. yeah, there was. Huh? Yeah, it, it certainly sounds that as we try to ask the questions of the timeline here, is that, you know, could there have been a decision made a whole lot earlier in June to search? And while we're not getting that definitive answer from the Winnipeg Police Service, um, everybody that we've talked to has said that, yeah, that that could have happened and should have happened. And and that's part of the insensitivity, and it was based, and, and, and that kind of lays the, the groundwork for some leaders to ask for the police chief's um, resignation in, in all this. Uh, again, I don't think those those demands are going to be too loud, but it certainly means that the police service is really going to have to do something, and, and, and governments are there, and I think the police service is there as well, so I'll... I'll be interested to see an announcement, but I'll be interested to see what sort of success that they have at this. Absolutely. And uh, we're talking serial killer here. We are. And, you know, there's this notion, are there other victims out there? He's already behind bars, but, you know, there's there's this sense that, um, you know, could there have been other victims out there? And and that's that's the startling thing. And, and speaking with, um, with uh, some of the other people that he's had contact with, a very, very scary scenario here as, as well. Yeah. Richard Cluche with me, co-host of the news on 680 CJOB weekdays in uh, Winnipeg and senior reporter with Global News in Manitoba. We're talking to Richard about situations that are, well, they're specific to Manitoba, but in a, where we're going now is more generally affected and affecting Canadians across the country because people have strong views on the issues we're about to talk about. The first one is the response and reaction to the Trudeau government's firearms legislation, C-21, and the amendment, which keeps pointing towards shotguns and hunting rifles as being on the ba- banned list. And uh, Ed Berlew, who's a firearms expert lawyer who's handled more than 900 cases since 1998, just calls it an absolute uh, attack on, uh, on owning a firearm. 
So, uh, Richard, what is the response from Manitobans to this particular legislation? You know, I, I look at this and the next two topics in a way, and in pure political terms, um, we have uh, a politics in this country, and I think it's influenced by what has been happening in the United States, but certainly a politics in this country where, in some cases, you've got governments and pieces of legislation that want to move the needle, and that means help people, and that means or help certain constituents um, who you know support them. Uh, and, and that's legislation I think most Canadians can get behind or at least understand why governments are doing this. And then there are particular pieces of legislation bills that aim to um, exploit, I think, um, fissures, if you will, um, within uh, political parties or against the political party. And so, um, and, and I think all political parties at both the federal and the provincial levels are, are, are guilty of this. And this is one where you have a government that has been, you know, moving the needle, if you will, on gun control and doing things to get guns off the streets in urban centers that are crime guns. And then they decide, well, you know, maybe this is also in our best interest because from time to time, um, we'll find one of these uh, these firearms will make its way into people's bad into bad people's hands and being used in a crime. And again, I, I I do think that this is more politics than it is policy and wise policy. And when it does get tested at the court level, why it fails. And so I understand why governments do this, but um, you know at a time. I wish leaders would lead and, you know, create and, and quit trying to create and and continue these uh, these gulfs between um, urban, rural, young, old. And in this case, you've got urban voters that are quite for this because you hear the word gun and it's usually associated with a crime. And you've got rural voters who are saying, well, wait a minute here. I'm not a criminal, yet you're treating me as a criminal. So that's been the reaction to this. And then you add to that, um, Indigenous groups have not been consulted on this. We're suddenly saying, wait a minute here, what about us as well? So, you know, for a government that's trying to create some wins here, they're certainly firing people up. And, you know, I've heard it on your show, and I've certainly heard it with our audience as well, is that this is not necessary and you know, what are you really trying to accomplish here, Mr. Prime Minister? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You and I share a view on this. When I was speaking to my guests earlier today about this, I just said political parties are trying to maximize the benefit to them, trying to play this card to their maximum benefit, because everyone feels, or many people feel, we're starting to edge closer to a federal election. So each and every piece of uh, legislation, each and every initiative that comes uh, into the mainstream of Canada from federal politicians is going to have this election tinge to it. And and it, it, people aren't, you know, I, you, I mean, we respect our, our listeners, our audience. We know they're not going to have the wool pulled over their eyes. They know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I look at this in the kind of the same way as what we're seeing, you know, to the west of us in Saskatchewan, especially Alberta right now, I understand why they're doing it. And Manitoba, well, 
our premier sounds somewhat sympathetic in traditionally in Manitoba politics. You do not uh, gain any favor by making enemies of any federal government. We rely on transfer payments. Um, Heather Stephenson, as, as chair of, of the premier's group this time around, you know, is trying to broker some sort of deal that would see an increase in, in, in health care spending for the provinces. And, and while I think she's being polite to, uh, to the Western premiers, uh, don't expect her to sign uh, or introduce any such legislation here, simply because um, the politics of it here just will not fly. Um, Winnipeg is the key battleground for the progressive conservatives. Uh, the premier here is the least popular across the country. They're trying to neutralize and make some gains on, on, on health care and some other files. Uh, so while there, I think she's being kind uh, when asked the question, there's no interest here politically and not really publicly as well. Um, and, and, and it's the games people play. And I always think every time I hear this, and I hear the prime minister saying he's not going to be goaded into an argument. Could you imagine if this was Pierre Elliott Trudeau? Oh, yeah. Uh, he would have already <laughs> been uh, completely and totally ensconced in this argument. Absolutely. And he would be he would be speaking for, for Canada in this sense. The Canada is more than the sum of its parts. And I'm surprised nobody has stood up to articulate that vision and, and take uh, Daniel Smith uh, on in this in this area, whether you're for it or against it. I, I think she's trying to get a spirited debate. And right now, kind of like the kid, uh, like the parents dealing with the uh, the 10 year old. They're just not engaging. And um, on the one hand, I find it funny. On the other hand, I kind of find it eh, pretty sad because mm-hmm. uh, we're pretty pretty used to having these uh, these good old uh, constitutional arguments in this country. Meanwhile, we've got to get something done on health care, my friend. Well, absolutely. And we have a constitutional argument going on in Quebec now because yes. the Quebec government, the CAC government of Francois Legault, their view is we'll do whatever we want, which is generally the Quebec view. And uh, that's backed up by if you don't um, support us, then it's going to cost you with the polls, which has proven to be a very convincing argument and uh, has served Quebec well. Yeah, let's talk about health care. How, how's the health care reality in the province of Manitoba? We talked yesterday on the program about the situation with children's hospitals and spoke with the past president of the Canadian Medical Association. Healthcare generally in this country is in crisis. What's it like? Uh, what are the biggest medical healthcare issues in Manitoba? Very same, very similar uh, situation. Um, we expect it to get worse before it gets better here. Um, it's been stable at Health Sciences Center Children's Hospital still running a lot of children um, with flu, with RSV, um, some critical. We've had uh, one child die of influenza here. Um, you know, COVID is stable at this point, but certainly, you know, we don't have the human resources that we would like to. So very similar issues all around. And while I understand that this is a money issue, there are so many people that I talk to within healthcare circles, within government that are saying, Roy, um, there is an opportunity to fundamentally shift healthcare, and yes, it's an exclusive provincial jurisdiction. The feds are involved in, in trying to, uh, to 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 get their way through the almighty tax dollar in this. But we've got to focus more on primary care. We have to focus in yes, more do. on outcomes, and and the solve seems to be out there. And enough experts are in agreement. 
this is where the politicians really have to get on board. And that's the frustrating thing. Yes. Because there is huge opportunity to get things done in this country right now, simply because governments aren't paying attention as much to debt and deficit as they probably should be. But there seems to be this kind of culture, you know, now is the opportunity to change. And we're going back to those same old, very exhausting and nauseating constitutional arguments. There is only one taxpayer at the end of the day, my yes, Exactly. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 